Um, I don't know if you what you if I've uh, ruffled any feathers through it or not yet, but uh, eventually I will. Um, it's because we all got a little bit of things that we hang hang on hang on to, you know. And uh, in the, in the gospel, the gospel is in the eyes of religion is very dangerous because it's so free and it's so liberating. It, it takes it really takes the restraint restraints off humanity because. We go from having a checklist to keep to walking in the Spirit. Right? We get rid of a, che- of a checklist that if I do this, this, and this, and this, and this, I'm okay. And we go from, as the Apostle Paul says, and see, even I have a hard time saying this, all things are lawful to me. Why? Because that's how great that salvation was. That's how secure you are in Christ Jesus. But not all things are beneficial. Right? And, and, and those things that aren't beneficial that we find ourselves in, it's, it's because we're having an identity crisis. It's actually, we're living in a time now where um, we're worried about identity thieves. Right? Well, once in a while... We allow our flesh or we allow the enemy to steal our identities. And when we do that, we live contrary to how we were created. And when I say how we were created, I'm not talking about when you were knitted together in your mother's womb. I'm talking about when, when the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, birthed a new creation in you. And you were born again. And... and we, we've been looking at some religious lies, some fibs, you know, it, uh, some half-truths. And so far we've looked at salvation is giving our life to God. That is not true. God does not want your life. Salvation is all about you receiving God's life. Amen? And then we looked at, we looked at the religious lie that we're just sinners saved by grace. No, 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 no. You, you were a sinner. You got saved by grace, and now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. You're saints. The Bible calls you a saint. You're the sanctified ones. Right? You should, you should be starting to sign your letters and your emails and, and your checks. St. Paul. St. Bobby. St. Jack. St. Alicia. You're saints. It's not just the ones that wear their collar backwards and dress funny that are that are saints. You are the called out ones in Christ Jesus. Last week we looked at uh, the half truth of God changed my life. God did not change your life. He he exchanged your life. Right there, there, there was nothing. There was nothing in that old man that was worth redeeming or resurrecting. So he killed that old man in Christ Jesus and resurrected you a completely new man, a new creation in Christ. That, uh, this is why the gospel is so much better 
better than, than, than the religious lies that we've looked at. You know, Martin Luther, I, I say this and I stole it from him, but it says, we need to hear the gospel, he said, every day because we forget it every day. And as you're going to learn as we go through these teachings is that the gospel is so much more than, than you have been made aware of. The gospel is so much more of just, as we're going to look at today, having your sins forgiven and going to heaven one day. I'd get sick of hearing the gospel too, if that's all it was. That, 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 that is such a minute, it, it wasn't, the, I, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, so slow down, Chad. The gospel is the good news. The gospel is what the whole New Testament, the whole New Testament is proclaiming over and over and over again the gospel. And you, the more, the, the, the greater grasp that you have on the gospel, the greater the need you will have for faith. Because the gospel is all about faith. If you, if, if you think that you can live the gospel out without total dependence on God, that, that you, you think that the gospel is just about being a good little Christian, gripping the back of the pew, and waiting to go to heaven one day, you are misled. You are misled. The gospel is so much better. And so we're going to debunk another religious lie, and we're going to find out why, why the gospel is so much better than what religion has sold us. Today we're going to look at eternal life is having my sins forgiven. Eternal life is having my sins forgiven. Something spelled wrong, huh? Yeah. You guys do as many as I do and not make any mistakes. My goodness, a bunch, bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> so... If you ask most Christians what it means to be a Christian, what will they tell you? They'll tell you, you'll hear stuff, you'll basically hear, being a Christian is having my sins forgiven. Having my sins forgiven. It is true our sins have been forgiven. Okay, you understand that? Our sins have been forgiven as a result of Christ's finished work, but that is in no way is the essence of what salvation is is. That's that's not what eternal life is. Because if you think about it, in the Old Testament, they had their sins forgiven. On the Day of Atonement, they had the sacrificial lamb or ram. They had the scapegoat that took the sins away. And every year, their sins were forgiven for that year. The Old Testament, God revealed his mercy. Those atoning sacrifice was the mercy of God towards sin. In the New Testament, 
God still reveals his mercy. But we have something much greater than his mercy. We have something that in the Old Testament they never had. We have his grace. There are times in our life where we need the mercy of God. But we should get to the point where we no longer need God's mercy because we're walking in his grace. The forgiveness of sins is God's mercy. Grace is the empowerment of God to live free of sin. That's a, that's a, completely, it's a completely different thing. See, we've even perverted and twisted the word grace. We think, we, we confuse grace and mercy. No, mercy is not get, getting what you deserve. Grace is getting, getting not only not what you deserve, but getting more than you deserve. By, because you actually receive the life of God, the anointing of God, the favor of God in your life to be able to live free from the bondage of sin and death. The act of forgiving our sins is actually, it's just a secondary matter to God. And it's not the most important thing. Your biggest need was not to have your sins forgiven. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Your biggest need, humanity's biggest need is not to have our sins forgiven. You were born a sinner. So what do sinners do? Sin. Our biggest need was not to have our sins forgiven. Our biggest need was to be delivered from sin itself. See, when we embrace Christ and hear the good news about sins, and uh, good news about our sins being forgiven, we say that's great news, right? Hmm. Well, guess what? The, the gospel is even better. The gospel is even better because we don't just need our past sins forgiven. We need the power to go free from the sins of today. I've said this, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times in here. If you're sitting here thinking to yourself, you mean I don't ever have to sin? I don't have to sin? No, you don't. Then why do I? Well, that's a good question. You should ask yourself that more often. And we all, we, there are times that I even sin. Amanda, my beautiful wife, believe it or not, as innocent as she looks sitting there, there's sometimes she sins. <laughs> right? But she doesn't live in it. That's not her identity. Right? And that's not mine either. That's not yours. In John chapter 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Why does the wrath of God abide on someone that does not believe, does, has not received the Son of God? Because they are sinned. Not that... They, not that they are the act is sinning, they are sin themselves. They were born sin. What does sin mean? It means to miss the mark. 
We, we were all born in Adam, and we missed the mark of God's perfect design and purpose for humanity. And if you are in sin and not in Christ, God's wrath is not on people, but it's on sin. Do you understand that? The wrath of God is on them. Why? Because they are in sin. And if you keep on embracing that identity in Adam, there's nothing that God can do for you. But as soon as we, the lights come on and we say, you know what, I am in sin, and I can't get out of sin, and I need a Savior, we, he, he takes your, your, your dead spirit that died in Christ, he resurrects it to new life, he, he, he translates you into the kingdom of God, and now you're no longer in sin, you are in Christ. And there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? You understand that? A sinner doesn't need... It. The most important thing for a sinner is not to have his sins forgiven, but for him to actually go from death into life. Eternal life is something that all born-again believers possess. It doesn't take place in the future, but it's a present-tense reality. You understand that? A lot of people think, one day we're going to enter into eternity. I got news for you. You're already there. Amen. We're in eternity right now. You, 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 all, in Christ Jesus, you have died. You, you've tasted all the death you're ever going to taste. When you leave this earth, guess what? You're going to walk into greater life. There is, no, there is no second death for the believer because you already died. You died in Christ, right? And now in this earth, we are living out the et eternal realities of us being in and dwelling in Christ Jesus. In John chapter, chapter 5, verse 20, 24, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth, believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life. And you shall not come into condemnation, but pass from death unto life. What happens when you have eternal life? When you have eternal life, as Jesus says, you have eternal life because your sins are forgiven. No, he says you have eternal life. When you receive eternal life, you pass from death into life. Scriptural salvation is a reality that we can know and experience now. We're supposed to be experiencing resurrection life now. Look at what Jesus says in, in John chapter 17. Or let's, did I not change that? Okay, this is John chapter 17, verse 3. Mistake number two. In case you're counting. And this is eternal life. That <laughs> You ever wonder what eternal life is? Right? You, you, we say it. We say we have eternal life. What, what, and Jesus is going to tell us exactly what eternal life is. 
This is eternal life, that you live in heaven forever and ever and strum harps and sit on clouds and have, wear diapers and have little angel wings. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is eternal life, to know God, to know Jesus so intimately, to, to actually be adopted into the very family, to be adopted into the Trinity. Read Colossians if you don't believe me. We are in Christ Jesus. We have been baptized. We, we, we are experiencing, we are a creation that ain't the angels don't even understand. We have been made one with God. That, that's just, a, a, it's the gospel and what God did you know, Paul talks about it being a mystery, right? And and we're we're just pulling back the layers and, and revealing more and more more of this this mystery of, of us in Christ Jesus. And and it's just it's just amazing. It's amazing. Eternal life is not living forever in heaven. It's knowing God the Father and Jesus Christ in an intimate way. To know God. That word no is one of the most intimate words that they could have used. You know, it, they, in, the, in, the, in Genesis, it says that, and Adam knew Eve, and they begot a son. That's how intimate that word is. We are to know. And God wants us to know him as we, even we ourselves are known by him. Those who have come to Jesus only for forgiveness of sins and don't go on to experience an intimate relationship with God are missing the entire point of salvation. Do you see what happens when we preach that our, our, our greatest needs are, are to have our sins forgiven, to have our conscience cleansed, to receive God's mercy? We actually live, we, we, we actually miss out completely on what eternal life is. That intimate relationship with God Almighty. To be able to wake up in the morning and know that he's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That, that to know that you, you have heaven has got your back. That you have, you live in this world, but you're not of this world. You have resources that other, the, those that have not embraced Jesus Christ in this new creation reality and lived, haven't been translated in the kingdom of light yet, don't can't, don't have. See, there's 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 people sitting here this morning that all you see in your life is your limitations, <laughs> but you're not seeing what's behind you and in you and upon you. You're seeing yourself in the flesh. You're not seeing yourself in the one that says that all things are possible to them that believe. 
This intimacy with God is what salvation is all about. Forgiveness of our sins is not the point of salvation. This intimacy with the Father is. Of course, I got to preference this. Of course, Jesus died and purchased forgiveness of our sins because unforgiven sins block our intimacy with God. You understand that? What? Why, why do we want to live in this eternal life now? Why do we want to live in the grace of God now? It's, it's because sin hardens our hearts. It makes us callous towards the things of God. God doesn't leave us. But when you have a sin consciousness, you depart from God. You are unable to hear the voice of God. A lot of times we're a lot like the prodigal son. That you go down this road so far, pretty soon you're face down in a pig trough. And you finally come to yourself. What am I doing here? How did I get here? And then you come home just to try to be a hired hand. And the Father's been waiting for you all that time. And he runs to you, doesn't even let you finish your speech. He throws a robe on your back, sandals on your feet, a ring on your finger, and throws a party. That's, that's our God. The church has been preaching forgiveness of sins instead of relationship with God. We've been preaching forgiveness of sins instead of eternal life. Understand, forgiveness of sins is an essential step in having a relationship with God, and it can't be bypassed, but it is not eternal life itself. It is something that was in the way of getting you into what God calls eternal life. Jesus didn't die for us because he had pity on us, because he was concerned about our impending doom in the future or something like that. He died for us because he loved us. God actually, listen, God actually longs to have a relationship with you. God actually longed to restore this intimate communion with, with mankind. And I guess you got to say womankind now, too with mankind that he originally had in mind when he created us in the beginning. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have your sins forgiven. No, that you might have life. Jesus came to give us life. Without Jesus, you have no life. And not only life so you can go to heaven one day, but an abundant life that is manifest here and now in the earth. In Romans 8, 8, 11, 
But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ or Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We're supposed to be living from the inside out. The very spirit of God lives. What what if it wasn't just on Sunday that, that this revelation was was on the forefront of your mind? What if you woke up every morning living from the inside out, living by the Spirit of God, living and dwelling in the Spirit, Spirit of God? How would your outlook on life change? It, it would change drastically. There would be there would be things that congest and cloud your mind. The troubles of this world that you would laugh at. That it, 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 you wouldn't even waste your time here on earth thinking about it. If we truly believe that the very life, the very spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. And that he's quickening, he's making our bodies alive in him. Do you see why this takes faith? Because you don't believe it. Not every day. You might believe it right now. You might believe it. I, it takes faith for me. There are days that I forget. This is when, when Paul's talking about renewing our minds. This is what he's talking about. He's not talking about renewing our minds to I need to renew my mind so I don't smoke anymore. I need to renew my mind so I don't cuss anymore. I don't renew. We need to renew our minds to who we are in Christ Jesus. This, this takes faith. Eternal life happens. When by the grace of God, through faith, we embrace the truth that your life and the life of Jesus has merged together into one. I had a conversation with Fritz, and he was, a, he was kind of amplifying a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, talking about being engrafted into Christ Jesus. And what happens is, 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 is we're cut off from sin in that old identity in Adam. And we're brought in and engrafted into Christ Jesus. Now, now, now get this. You are not Christ Jesus, you are not God, but you've been engrafted into him. And what happens when, when you engraft one tree into another tree, it becomes a completely different tree. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're something that never, ever existed before. We have been merged into one, into Christ. The sap that, that flowed through Emmanuel's veins flows through 
us. The same Spirit that was in Christ Jesus. The Bible says now we are one Spirit with Him. One, singular. Eternal life happens when this great, the grace of God comes into your life and causes you to become a new creation by merging you into Christ Himself. Those who have embraced the religious lie that eternal life is having our sins forgiven see their lives here on earth as just a time of waiting. It's just a waiting room for something better. And there are going to be things that are going to be better. We won't have this flesh. But the glory of God is, 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 needs to be manifest here and now in this earth. We, we can experience eternal life now. We can experience the, 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 heritage, the heritage, inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus now. The gospel is the message of our death. The gospel is the message of our resurrection. The gospel is the message of our adoption. And in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our, in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him. With him. Why did we have to be raised up with him? Because you're in him. He's not going to separate you. He raised us up with him because we're in him and seated us with him because we're in him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ died and we died with him. Christ resurrected and we resurrected with him. Christ is seated in heavenly places, and we are seated with him. By embracing, by faith, the complete truth of the gospel and understanding that eternal life means that we receive the very life of Christ, we become equipped to reign in this life. We become equipped to reign in this life by the very life of Jesus Christ himself. This is why he can say, the works that I did, and even greater works shall you do, because I go to the Father. This is why it takes faith. Ephesians 2.1, And you were dead in your offenses and sins. We didn't need, we didn't need our sins forgiven. Do you know if God forgave your sins and that's all he did, you'd still be dead. You'd just be a dead, forgiven sinner. We needed life. The problem that humanity has was, was not that we were guilty and in need of forgiveness, but that we were dead and need, in need of life. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it says, for as, Adam, for as in Adam all died. Where did you see that in before? You've seen it that you are in Christ now. See, humanity at one time was in something. It was in Adam who was in sin. You were in sin. Now you are in Christ. You are in the grace of God. You are in, 
who, who the grace of God is, is a person. It's Jesus. You are in Christ. You are in righteousness. You are sanctified. You have been set apart in him. This is good. For in, for as in Adam all died, so also in Christ all will be made alive. We have been made alive in Christ Jesus. We are no longer dead. In Romans 6, see, all I got to do is read scriptures. This is all, like I said, you guys read your Bibles. We don't need preachers anymore. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death. Again, this is, I got to tell you, there's people listening online and stuff that don't know this. He's not talking about water baptism here. He's talking about being spiritually baptized, submerged into, welded, died. What I mean by died is like you die clothing. You take clothing and you put it down in purple dye and you pull it out and what color's the shirt? Purple. You take a center and you and you and you baptize them down into Christ Jesus and you pull them out. What do you get? Christ Jesus, right? Redeemed, righteous, holy. Yeah. So so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. So we, too, may walk in newness of life. We're supposed to be walking in this newness of life today. For if we have become united, don't you love, I love these words. We've been united with him in the likeness of his death. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You have resurrection power in your in. In you. You have the life of God in you. The salvation that Jesus provided was not just an, our need for the removal of guilt through the forgiveness of sin, but he provided our greatest need. And the humanity's greatest need was the need of life. And he did this by redeeming us from spiritual death. For the wages of sin is death. And Jesus was overpayment for those wages. In John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. This is that engrafting. The one who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know there's, there, there, there are some people that we see that have done mighty things in this earth, great things, great Samaritans, great, great um, humanitarians, great, that done wonderful things in the earth. And when it stands before the throne of God, it's going to go up like cordwood. It's going to go up in smoke. Because anything that we have done independent from dependence on Christ is nothing. It's nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch 
and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. (laughs) What's Jesus talking about here? He's talking in parables. He's saying the exact same thing that Paul has been saying in Corinthians. He's been saying in Romans. He says in Ephesians. He's saying the exact same thing. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Why? Because you have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You are one spirit with him. You have resurrection power in you. You have eternal life in you. If you remain in me, my my, I got to read this again because... We're not believing it. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I can hear the religious people already. Well, you can't ask for anything. You can't just ask for anything. You know what? If you, if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, See, that's the problem. You don't, when you are in Christ, you, your want to is align with heaven. Your heart's, your heart's desire becomes God's heart's desire. Or God's heart's desire becomes your heart's desire. Right? You know, a lot of people talk about how do I distinguish if I'm hearing from God or just hearing my. Hearing him from myself. The truth of the matter is, the longer that you go in Christ Jesus, the longer you go walking in the Spirit, the longer you go to renewing your mind in Christ, it should get harder and harder to distinguish. Is this, is this God's voice or is this my voice? Why? Because you're, the, you're one with him. There should come a point in our life that we don't have to question our motives. Because we know our motives are like, are like the motives of our Father. For I don't know about you, but for me, it's pretty easy to distinguish when I'm not, <laughs> when my motives aren't, aren't God's motives. So one more time. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this. How many people want, to, want God to be glorified? How many people want God to be glorified in the earth? How is God glorified in the earth? He is glorified when you ask whatever you want and it's done for you. How many of you believe that? Jesus said it. God gets glory when we're abiding in him. And he drops something into our hearts. And we say, God, I want this to be manifest in earth. I want this to be manifest in my life. I want this to be manifest in my neighbor's life. I want this to be manifest in my children's life. And then we receive it. And God says, that brings me glory. 
Now, that's not what we're taught. We're taught when I go without, when I can really struggle, when I can, when I, when I can just be an old worm in the ground, that brings God glory. That's a religious lie. And it actually, it actually does the complete opposite of what God, what Jesus Christ has said. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Wow. The proof that you're a disciple of Christ is the manifestation of fruit. Is the manifestation of the kingdom of God in, this, in, in your life. We're supposed to be proving who our king is. Read the book of Acts. Constantly, the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Constantly, God providing. Constantly, the miraculous happened. Constantly, a different kingdom being manifest in the earth. See, believing that salvation equals having our sins forgiven is just a half-truth, and a half-truth equals a whole lie. Because this half-truth leads to an incorrect conclusion. See, we, 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 we received divine life that dwells in us now. This life, the eternal life of Jesus, seeks to be expressed through you in this very moment. You know, Bobby read that scripture today about those that thirst come to me and I'll give you water and from your very hearts will flow rivers of living water. Notice, notice that, that this water, notice that this life doesn't stay bottled up within us. It starts bubbling up. It starts bubbling up. And pretty soon, it becomes a river that flows from us. It flows from us. It's, this, it's the life of God wanting to be expressed in this fallen world. Christ didn't come just to get men out of hell and into heaven. Jesus Christ did not come for the purpose of getting men out of hell and getting them into heaven. Jesus Christ, he came to get himself out of heaven and into men. Jesus Christ came to get himself out of heaven and into you. That's salvation. That's eternal life. The indwelling Holy Spirit means that we possess Christ's empowering presence every hour of the day. We don't just have forgiveness. We have the dynamic life of a, of a living Savior within us, and he enables us to live out his life here in this earth. That's salvation. That's good news. That's the good news of the gospel. Isn't that so much better than just having your sins forgiven? Yeah, sure, having your sins forgiven, that's pretty good. 
but I'll take the life of God over having my sins forgiven any day. Amen? Good news is we have both. We have both. Amen. That's good news. I don't care what you guys think. I'm, I think I'm preaching better than you're listening. But, but, but God is good. And this is such a miraculous thing. This is the miracle of salvation. This is a miracle of the new birth. This is a miracle of eternal life in Christ Jesus. And it, and it, and it takes faith. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.